I um, know in my Christian life, I've often wondered at times, I'd go out, and a little bit, I like the song Bob was just singing about, spend some time with the Lord, and I've often wondered, Lord, I know I'm not those guys in the Bible, but you want to say a few words to me, I'd appreciate it. Would you just like to hear them with your own ears, to hear the Lord? You know, Sarah, she heard God talking one time, and then she didn't believe it. Zechariah, well, he heard from the Lord too, <laughs> and he had a problem. He got, you know, deaf for a while. But you and I, wouldn't you love it if the Lord walked in this room right now and sit down beside you and start just talking to you? Just say a few kind little words to you. Uh, you no, you may have trouble believing, now how, do, how do I know you're the Lord? You want him to do some magic tricks for you? I mean, he's got to prove himself, right? I mean, if he told you, I'm the Lord. If I told you I was the Lord, would you believe that? A wave of doubt that sweeps across the room. But there is a desire, I believe, of all of God's children. We'd love to see him and hear him. We were just talking last Sunday night about how Saul on the Damascus road saw the bright light and it went blind for a while. You know, God says you can't even see him. It could kill us. And yet one day we're going to be in the very presence of the Lord. Won't that be awesome? Or wouldn't you just love for the Lord just to, you know, you talk to him, you want him to talk to you. The voice of God. You know, in the book of Genesis, it makes a statement that um, the Lord did walk in the cool of the day. And it says, and he heard the voice of the Lord walking. Now, the voice of the Lord walking. That's a scary thought, just wondering what does that mean? God was walking in the garden and God was talking to him. Wouldn't that be an awesome moment in your life? But you see, God wants to talk to you a lot more than you want to talk to him. And believe it or not, he wants to reveal himself to you and I a lot more than your desire to want to see him. See, God loves you and he loves me. And he wants to talk to us. So I want you to take your Bible and we'll look at some of these things. I don't know if I will be able to cover all these notes. But I do want to let you know that to follow the voice is to follow the word, the word of God. You see, the voice of God has been recorded. Now, you won't believe this, but they are recording every word I say. And it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on the DVR. And then they'll burn it and put it on a DVD. And some of them will put on CDs. And I got a, a tape in the office by Make It Clear, done by Bill Butterworth years ago. Excellent quality. I put it in my player and I listened to it this last week. And just listened to some of those songs of 35, 40 years ago. Did you know the voice is recorded? Do you know that when he said, you know, stop these people from all this praising you, Lord. He says, if they should stop, the rocks would cry out. Often wondered how far the voice of God really carries. Does it ever end? Or does it go into the rocks and they're recorded? That God could play back every event in history if he so desires. 
Because when I get to heaven, I want to see, hey, I want a rerun of this creation business. I want to see the flood. I'm sure the Lord videotaped everything, don't you think? I mean, we do. Surely he must have videotaped it all. And I want to see it all. I have an inquiring mind, and I want to know. But take your Bible and see if we can um, accomplish a few little things here today. The book of John in chapter 10. The book of John in chapter 10. It makes a statement in verse 27. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand or my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Uh, That statement that says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now this can be a great verse to let us know that we have eternal security. Or it could be a verse that causes some to doubt their salvation. Because you see, if you're saved and have eternal life, does that mean you automatically will follow? Or do you have to follow, in verse 27, in order to get the eternal life offered, in verse 28? And I give unto them, those who follow. So there's a lot of people that have mixed messages I don't believe God is confused. I believe context is very important. So I want to try to explain a few things to you because I believe hearing the voice of God is one of the most important things you and I will do on planet Earth. We may hear a lot of things and everybody rushes home to listen to the news and all these things that we're just so, oh, I just got to know. But God spoke. And as he says in Hebrews chapter 1, in these last days has spoken unto us by his Son. God has spoken. God has spoken. Wouldn't you want to hear what he has to say? You ever remember that commercial years ago when Blah Blah speaks? Everybody listens. Anybody remember that? When God speaks, who's talking? They don't recognize his voice. And then some people can't believe that he said that. So they got to tell you what they know God said. Have you ever heard somebody speak in a, a rally or something? And then the commentators have to come on there and tell you what he said. Because you weren't smart enough to know what he said. They have to tell you what he really meant to say. Or tell you everything he left out. Or twist what he did say. People do that with what God's Word has to say. Look at the first statement here. Number one, a problem. There's always got to be a problem. Then you try to solve the problem. Like a lawyer. You know, you got to have a problem in order to need a lawyer. Those who believe that a person may have the gift of eternal life by believing on the name of the Son of God, by grace through faith plus nothing, might have a problem in John 10, 27, 28, wouldn't they? In other words, look at a little bit of the problem that somebody could have if they just read that verse Well, I know as long as I'm following, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And you say, well, okay, I'm a sheep and uh, the Lord's my Savior and I've trusted Him and I have eternal life. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Well, what if you're not following? Oh, now do you have reasons to doubt your salvation? You know, some people, preachers even, 
Don't like to mess with scriptures like this, but always remember this. Salvation is always by grace. It's never by works. And once you understand that grace means that it's free, the only way you can change the gospel or pervert the gospel is to add one work to it. You add a work to it, it's no longer the pure gospel. The gospel, the good news, is that a man is saved by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. And as some say, as for the glory of God alone. So when you trust in Christ as your Savior, God gives you eternal life. Now, because in these verses talk about we are in His hand, and no man can pluck you out of His hand. Understand this. This is the Lord. This is anybody else who doesn't take God at His word. They believe that if you get a good grip on God... Well, I know I'm going to heaven because I got a good grip on God. I went forward, paid through, hanging on, hanging in there. But then you ask them, where are you going? To? Oh, I'm going to heaven. And then if they do something wrong, they start losing their salvation. Well, I'm not following anymore. I used to follow Christ, but I don't follow him like I used to. So now I'm lost and going to hell. Got to get right again. And then they do something wrong. And then they get right again. Then they see some good-looking blonde bombshell walk by <laughs> Got to get right again. So, where are they going when they die? Well, it depends on them. Hanging on to God and doing right. That is not the Bible and that is not salvation. The Bible says if I trust Him, He saves me. See the difference? He saves me. I am in His hands. He's the Savior. He's taken me to heaven. He said He'll never cast me out. He said he'll never lose me. He says no man can ever pluck you out of my hand. So once you have trusted Christ as Savior, you are a child of God forever. When you understand that, there should be no verse that seems to say you can lose your salvation or it depends upon your works. It cannot refer to salvation. Salvation is always by grace. And the message is it has to be free must last forever. If it's not free, it's not the gospel. If it doesn't last forever, it's not the gospel. Eternal security is not a separate doctrine. It's the gospel. Eternal security. Being eternally secure. That's why we say this. If you cannot know that you're going to heaven until you know positively you cannot go to hell, what I just explained to you is how you can know you cannot today or in the future ever go to hell. Anyone who believes they can still in the future go to hell, then they really can't say they know they're saved and know they're going to heaven when they die because they don't believe the truth of the gospel. And that is so important. So those four things there can cause a problem. Look at the next statement. Some propose that those who believe will follow the Lord and have eternal life. And they further propose that if someone does not follow the Lord, then they perhaps never did really believe. Does eternal life depend on following? Do I have to follow the Lord? Do I have to persevere in the faith? Do I have to live a certain way? You know, meet a certain quota. Got to do something in order to maintain my salvation. Well, then you get back to works for salvation. My confidence of why I'm going to heaven cannot be how I live. Cannot depend upon 
my works in any way. Look at the next statement. Using these two verses, these folks say that Jesus has some sheep that he knows, and his sheep follow him, and after that they have eternal life. So do you get eternal life before you have to serve, or do you have to serve in order to get this eternal life? Well, interesting subject. Look at the next statement. Is this passage really a cause for a believer to question his salvation rather than firm grounds on which he might understand his security in Christ? Which comes first, following or eternal life? Interesting question, isn't it? John MacArthur wrongly says that the fruit of one's life matters. If you are not following, you are not saved. Is what he said correct or incorrect? Incorrect. Y'all got it well. You understand this. You see, how you live your life is not a proof of your salvation. There are no evidences of salvation. Only thing and the only way you know you're saved is because you took God at His word, and that's the only evidence you need. God says you have eternal life, and that never changes. How you live can fluctuate from day to day and week to week and year to year, moment by moment. But the Word of God never changes. Always put your confidence in what God's Word says, never in your performance. Because the lost man can perform as well as you. He can go to church today. Does that prove he's saved? He can read his Bible. Does that prove he's saved? Are those the evidence you will use to prove that you are? Then the lost man can use the same evidence because he does the same thing. The only thing that will separate you from that lost man doing exactly the same thing, living exactly the same way, will be that you trust the Lord and he didn't. That's the only thing that matters. Now, look at the next statement. Number two, who was Jesus speaking? Now, when you read Revelation chapter 2, he's talking to the church. He said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So God has something to say, and he has something that he wants people to hear. So he says it, we hear it. So when God's Word speaks, we're supposed to listen to what he has to say. There were Jews of several opinions regarding Jesus and his message. Look in verse 19. There was a division. He was talking to a mixed multitude, division, therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings. Many of them said, hey, he hath the devil. He's mad. He said, why hear ye him? Others said, these are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? Remember there in verse 20? Here in verse 21, words. He said words for people to hear. And Jesus knew those who believed, and Jesus knew those who did not believe. Those who believed followed what he said. Those who did not believe did not follow what he said. They didn't believe the word. So you hear and believe. Now, I'll establish this a little bit more as we go. But look down there at John chapter 10, bottom of the page. There was a division. Why hear ye him? And there's words that needs to be said. Words that needed to be believed. And number one there at the bottom of the page, some dismissed him as being demon-possessed and crazy. I don't think those were his sheep. Some were persuaded by his good and miraculous works that he was good. And that's true. Some blamed him for making them to doubt, as though he had not plainly identified himself as the Christ. To these he replied that he had already in the past told them plainly who he was. 
yet they believed not. He also reminded them that the miraculous works he had done in their sight in his Father's name bore witness that he was indeed who he claimed to be, the Christ. The Christ is a reference to the Messiah that would come and make a payment for the sins of the world. So when you talk about believing on Christ, Christ was not just uh, believing that he was God in the flesh, but he was the one who came to suffer and to die and to pay for the sins of the world. You can't separate the two. Look at the next statement. The conclusion he draws was that they were not of his sheep, and that they did not believe his word, obey the voice. Therefore, they were not his sheep. They would not obey his voice. They would not listen to what he said. They would not believe what he said. Number three, what was his message? Taught in the earlier part of the same chapter. He tells them the story about the shepherd and the sheep. The parable of the true shepherd and his sheep. The sheep hear his voice in chapter 10 and verse 3 and 4. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, whenever you are listening to what the Bible says, and you hear and understand, and if you believe what you heard, you follow the voice. I want you to look down at the bottom of the page. God's word is his voice. You see, I used to think, man, I would just love to walk along and have the Lord walk with me and talk with me and so on. I didn't know back then, when I was just getting started as a teenager, that God wanted to walk with me. God, God wanted to talk to me. There, there's so many other things he wanted me to know. More than just how to get to heaven. And so I was reading 119 Psalm one day. I was about 21 years old. I'd in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I was, I'd go out there and I'd put a blanket between the house and a big old fence. Dead of winter time. And I'd lay on that blanket and the snow was falling on my face. And I laid there and I had tears in my eyes. I'd cry. See, I didn't know anything about the will of God. I didn't know anything about what to do or not. I didn't know there were Bible college or anything like that. I got a wife and two kids sitting in the house. And I'd lay there and I'd just talk to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I know I'm going to be before you one of these days. I'd heard about the judgment seat of Christ. And I said, Lord, when I get to heaven, don't point your finger at me. And say, Yankee, why didn't you do with your life what I wanted you to? I, just, I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I didn't know that he had a will for my life. I didn't know. I says, Lord, don't you do that to me. I says, there can't be another person on the face of this earth that wants to serve you more than I do, but I don't know what to do. Now, of course, there's probably millions of people saying the same thing to the Lord that I was saying to the Lord. Because down deep inside, I didn't have a desire to live. I, didn't, I said, Lord, if you can't speak my language, you can't talk to me, then I don't want to live. There was nothing wrong with my wife. There was nothing wrong with my kids. There was nothing wrong with my job. There was just this deep hunger burning inside of me, and I couldn't stand it, eating me up. And I'd go in the house, and I'd sit down, and I'd just throw the Bible open. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. All I saw was just words all over the place. And then I'd wind up landing the 119th Psalm. How will all shall a young man cleanse his way, taking heed according to thy word? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a light unto my feet, lamp unto my path, and so on. 
and the entrance of thy word give and I begin to read. I can't know the will of God without knowing the word of God. And I begin to read and read a little bit here and a little bit there. Finally, one day, some man told me, he says, you need to go to Bible college. I said, what's that? You, you'll be a Bible? I had no clue. But I'm so glad because, see, God in heaven wanted to talk to me a lot more than I wanted to talk to him. But I didn't know that. You see, now, after 56 years of reading and studying the Bible, I have put God's word in my mind. And believe it or not, as I go through life, as I walk up and down the streets, and as I do anything that I do, God is always talking to me. I hear the voice of God. Because, you see, the voice of God is the word of God. God took his voice and recorded it and gave it to us on a DVD or CD or put it down in paper. The mind of God. So you and I can read and hear the voice of God. So that's why God wants you to come and study God's Word. Because he, he wants to talk to you. He wants to walk with you through life. And there's a lot of things going to happen in life. And you're going to want God to tell you what to do and how to get it done. You see, there isn't anything going to face you in life God hasn't already voiced His opinion on. So you study the voice of God. And it'll help you tremendously. Look at page three. Page three. Top of the page. If it meant that you had to follow the Lord in your life in order to go to heaven, well then, why would he tell them in Mark chapter 5, verse 37, he permitted or suffered no man to follow him except Peter, James, and John. Those are the only three he gets to go to heaven. Because he didn't permit anybody else to follow him. See there? So they're the only ones he gets to go to? No. You know that this is content talking about service. You see, you trust Christ as your Savior because you heard his voice. He told you how to get saved. You listen to it. When it comes to service, God's going to tell you what he wants you to do with your life. Every day of your life, keep listening to the voice of God. Now I have some people call me and says, I heard voices. I don't think we're, on, we're not talking about the same kind of voices. Now, you can have voices, and they got voices in their head. You'd be surprised how many people I've had tell me all kinds of things that God told them. Voices in their mind. And they'll tell me what the voices said, and I says, God didn't say that. God didn't say that. So how do you know that? Because I know the voice of God. That's not His voice. There's a lot of preachers telling people what to do. And saying, God said. No, that's, that's not his voice. I know his voice. Remember, he says, they know my voice. They know my voice. Study the word of God where you know the voice of God, and you can separate it from those that are false teaching. Got error in their teaching. But see, if you don't learn the word of God, you can't detect other voices. And you may not see that something's wrong with those. But study the voice of God. I want you to take your Bible and look in the book of John, chapter 1. The book of John, Gospel of John, chapter 1. And look in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word. Christ came into the world, and He was the voice of God. Remember, they asked John the Baptist, who are you? He said, I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm the voice. But Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. 
Now you look there in verse 14, where it says, And the word, or the voice, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 11 and 12 says this, He came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, when you want to have eternal life, listen to his voice. What did he say? He says, believe on him, and you'll have eternal life. Follow the voice. What did the voice tell you to do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Follow the voice. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Follow the voice. Listen to what he says. Follow that. My sheep hear my voice. I heard. Follow the voice. What did the voice tell you to do on how to get to heaven? The voice of God never told anybody to earn their salvation. That's not his voice. He didn't say that. I know the voice of God. I know the word of God. God never told anybody to try to be good to go to heaven, give money to go to heaven, join a church to go to heaven, keep the Ten Commandments to go to heaven. God never told anybody to do that. Because I've heard the voice of God. I know the voice of God. I know the word. This is God's voice. And if you study it, you'll find out he speaks on every issue concerning man. Everything that you and I need to know, he tells us. Some secret things belongeth unto the Lord. Now, I'll get a list of all of that when I get to heaven, because I have an inquiring mind, and I want to know. But now notice also, in bold, right there in the middle of your page, regarding salvation, having eternal life, follow the voice. Without looking at all of these verses in the Bible, I want you to just to look there in your notes. First one is John 1.23. Who are you? I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That was John the Baptist. And what did he tell the people to do? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Hey, the Messiah is coming. And then when Jesus comes by, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Did, did you hear? Did you hear that? Did you hear what he said? The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You see, a lot of people go to church all their life. They hear words. But they don't listen to it as, this is the word of God. This is what God says. And there's people who can't believe that God couldn't have meant that it was totally, totally free. So they've got to add something to it. And yet the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saves us. Yes. I do want you to see this. Look in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 41. We know the woman at the well. In chapter 4, Jesus was thirsty and He stopped at the well and says, Give me some water to drink. She says, you're a Jew. Why do you ask, drink of me, which a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus says, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, give me to drink, you would have asked, and I would have given thee living water. She heard. 
she believed. Then she runs into the city, tells the men. They all come running out. So in verse 40, And when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own, what's that word? Word. Because of his word, they believed. They believed. They heard the word. And then in verse 42, And said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves. No, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. We heard him. They saw him. They believed. So you see, if you hear what he says, and John chapter 10, in context of the whole book of John, is the setting for learning about the Word who came into this world. Did you hear the voice? Do you hear the voice of God? You see, the gospel of John is, the, is, is God's heaven track. This is the heaven track that we go around passing out. This voice. When we do the heaven track, we put the voice of God on there because we want God to speak this to the people. We want Him to hear this. That's why he says in the book of 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2 and verse 14, he called us by our gospel. So with the gospel is how he calls. And he calls, and he wants you to follow the voice to the Savior. It's to draw you to him so that you and I could understand this. It's the best news in the world. I love this verse. John chapter 5 and verse 24. Look at this. John chapter 5 and verse 24. Look at verse 24 and it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that, you ought to underline this, heareth my word and believeth. You see, you hear the word and then you believe what the word says. Now, if you hear it and understand it, he says, as he does here, hath everlasting life. Now, you do not see the word in here. Follow, 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 follow. But isn't that what you're doing? You're not committing yourself to a lifestyle. Remember this, trusting Christ as your Savior is a decision to trust, not a commitment to serve. Most churches are telling people you have to commit yourself to serve. No, it is a decision to trust. I'm trusting Christ to take me to heaven. I am not committing my life to serve him to get to heaven. Because one will get me there and one will not. By faith and faith alone in Christ is the only way you and I can have eternal life. So he says here that you have eternal life. John chapter 10 verse 27 and 28 cannot contradict this verse. It cannot contradict John 6, 47. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Can't contradict it. Let's just talk about something else. But I believe it's saying the same thing. And I'll show you this in just a second. Notice what else he says here. Hath everlasting life and shall not in the future come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. That very moment. The moment you believe, you have been given eternal life as a free gift. John 6, verse 63. Verse 63. 
He says, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. Get this, the words, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So he gives you the word of God. That's the voice. Listen to what he said. How does God tell us how to have eternal life? Does he tell us to earn it, work for it, commit my life to get it? Or does he say, just believe? Believe, trust Him. So that day I trusted Christ as my Savior 56 years ago, God gave me that very day, that very moment, the free gift of everlasting life, and He can never take it away from me. I can never lose it because He gave it to me by grace. Grace means without works. So works didn't give it, and works can't take it away. Bad works. I'm not secured because of how I live. I'm securing what Christ did on the cross for me. I serve him and I'll serve him to the day I die. At least that's my plan, my goal. So yes, I've given him all my 20s. I gave him all my 30s. I gave him all my 40s. Gave him all my 50s. Gave him all my 60s. Now I'm halfway through my 70s. But I haven't done any of that to be saved. I haven't done any of that to keep saved. I haven't done any of that to prove I'm saved. I just don't want people to go to hell. I think they can have eternal life if they'll simply believe on what Christ did on the cross for them. So important. Now, look at this. Back here at the bottom of your page, we have, right in the middle of it, John 6, 64, some followed and were not believers. Does it say, follow me and I will give you eternal life? No. He says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Because he is very clear when he's talking about service. You can understand that. Now, look in the middle of the page where it's nice and bold. Some ask what works they might do to please God. Jesus answered, hear the voice of God. This is what he said. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God. You believe on him whom he hath sent. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear the voice? Did you hear what he said? If you want to have eternal life, believe what he said. You heard the word, believe the voice. Now, right in the middle, acknowledge that the purpose of the gospel of John is stated. He tells you why this book was written. And he says, and many other signs truly did Jesus. In the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. But he did say this. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, you may have life through his name. You'll have life through his name. Did you hear how you get eternal life? Through him. There is no one else. Do you hear what he says? Do you hear the voice? And yet there's people that will try to take and twist the word of God to where it cannot save. Because it causes a person to put confidence in their works or their lifestyle. Because, okay, I committed myself to go to church and committed myself to give money and to, to do right and to pay my bills, to love my wife, to love me. All those are good. But don't put your confidence in that to get you to heaven. You can't put glory in anything other than Christ. And why is it by grace? That no flesh should glory in his presence. Not of works lest any man should glory. No man gets any credit for his salvation. None. Christ gets it all, and you get none. I was saved not because of any good deed I did. Christ died for me. That's how I know I'm going to heaven. 
I don't have any sins to pay for. That was the best news I ever heard in my life. Why did He pay for my sins? Because He didn't want me to do it. Why did He pay for your sins? Because He doesn't want you to do it. Well, how many of my sins did He pay for? All those up to the time I believe? Or all of them? All my sins. 2,000 years ago, best thing that ever happened to me. Look at page 4. Regarding salvation. Number 6. Follow the voice. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one can take away, take them away from me. Did you hear what he says? Those who believe are secure in his hand. Some who are trying to follow are trying to hold on to the hand of God. Remember the little illustration? Trying to hang on to God. And think they're saved. They're going to heaven because they're living a good life. But their salvation depends upon them being strong enough to hang on. No. These are the people who believe you can lose your salvation. And they believe they're saved because they're enduring and they're persevering in the faith. No, I'm not persevering in anything. You see, I trusted Him. He promised to save me. I'm going to heaven because He said He'll never cast me out. He said He would never lose me. He said nobody can ever take Him out of His hand. Nobody. No man. You can't get out of there. I trusted him 56 years ago to take me to heaven and go to heaven. I'm going. And he can't change his mind. He cannot annul it. And I can't touch it. I can't do anything with it. So I trusted him to save me. And he's going to do his job. And I believe that. Look down at number seven. Regarding service, you follow the voice. Matthew 4, 19, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's for service. 1624, then said Jesus unto his disciple, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. But you see, this is not to be saved. This is what God wants his children to do. See, I heard his voice and I came to Christ. Now Christ wants to lead and guide me and wants me to follow him in my life. So for the last 56 years... I want to follow the Lord. Wherever He wants to lead me, wherever He wants to guide me, whatever He wants to bring, I'm yours, Lord. There's a song that I heard years ago. Oh, it was a pretty song. If I could sing good, I'd sing it. But it just goes like, There's a voice calling me From an old rugged tree And He whispers, Draw closer to me, leave this world far behind. There are new heights to climb and a new life, and me you will find. Anybody ever heard that song before? Bob Brooks. One person in all this room. I'm going to sing it for you one of these days. But Bob Brooks knows that he ought to sing it for you one of these days. But there's a voice calling me. And see, when you read and study the Word of God, there's a voice that can follow you all the days of life. And God can speak to you and lead you. But see, He doesn't speak to you contrary to His Word. The Holy Spirit is holy. He'll never lead you the wrong direction. He always leads you through the Scriptures to enlighten your mind, to make you ever aware of His presence. 
Do you realize, you and I, we are the temple of God. God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. Therefore, we should live a holy life, a godly life. Why? Because the Word says to do that. Let me give you this last one because this is so important. Look down at the bottom of your page. Right at the bottom. When he speaks of service, the distinction is clearly made. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man, see that word, serve me, let him do what? Follow me. You see, there's things that God says in his word about how to be saved. Follow that. There's things that God says about serving God. Listen to him and serve him. Listen to his voice. Obey his voice. Now, you might get all over some people who never served the Lord the way they should have. But see, you're not responsible for them. You're responsible for you. Are you serving God? Are you walking with the Lord the way God wants you to? It's the most important thing you could ever do. The greatest thing in all the world. And notice down at the bottom, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. See, this isn't for salvation. It's still in the book of John. But John lets us know how to have the gift of eternal life. And then he says, if you'll serve me after you're saved, him will my father honor. Do you want God to save you? Then you have to trust Christ as your savior. If when you get to heaven or for the blessings of life now, well, then you serve the Lord. So I trusted Christ to take me to heaven, but I'm not there yet. Now, getting me there, that's his job. If I serve him here, he will bless my life and reward me when I get to heaven. But if I don't serve him, it does not annul my destination. I'm still going there because it depends on him. I may not have the rewards that I want, and I may not be able to have the blessings that I could have had because I did not follow the voice. I didn't obey His Word. That's why it's so important. Look up here again. You and me, sin, we're all in the same boat. But God so loved the world. He hates our sin, but He loves us. But you see, We can't go to heaven with sin. The wage of sin is death, so we're all condemned. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven, and we have to be perfect, and none of us are perfect. Nobody's righteous. We're all guilty. We all have to die. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. He says you cannot earn eternal life. If you could, Christ didn't have to die. But he came into this world, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. He had no sin. He didn't have to die. But our sins separates us. I can't get to God. He can't get to me. This enmity between us. But God the Father loved us so much. So the Son came, and in John 14, 31, He says, that the world may know that I love the Father. That's why I'm going to do this. 
So he took the sins of the whole world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead and said that if we would believe he did it for us, he would put the payment to our account. See, Jesus Christ is the payment. The scars in his hands and his feet is proof. This is a living proof of payment. This is my receipt. I have an eternal receipt as the payment for my sins made in full. It is finished. That's why I can't go to hell today or any time in the future. I have a proof of payment. Christ. Would you trust him? If you will, God will save you, give you eternal life. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, maybe you've heard a lot of things, but could you hear the voice of God this morning telling you that He loves you, that He wants to save you, wants to give you eternal life? Would you trust Him? Would you accept Jesus Christ as your only hope of going to heaven? He loves you so much. Don't reject His love. If you want to have eternal life and go to heaven, there is no option B. There's only one way. And I pray that you'll trust Christ as your Savior. I'm going to ask you in just a moment not to stand up, not to sign a card, not to give anything. I wouldn't embarrass you for anything in the world, but right where you're sitting, said, Preacher, that made sense to me. And I will accept Jesus Christ right now as my Savior. Friend, I pray that you will. And I'd like to have prayer for you. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it down and say, yes, that made sense to me and I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. Would you slip your hand up very quickly? Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all? If you've already trusted Christ as Savior, you have eternal life. So let me change it just a little bit. You've trusted Christ as your Savior. Now you're God's child. You're going to heaven when you die. Do you have an ear to hear? That's why he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Do you want to hear the voice of God? Do you want God to speak to you? Do you study His Word? Do you apply it? I pray that you'll do what God wants you to do with your life. Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Bless each one. And Father, those that are watching by internet, we pray that they would understand and trust you as Savior. That is the step they need to take. But now we ask your blessings upon the communion service in Christ's name. Amen.